Um, I, I, I thought I should explain actually real quick. Um, you may have noticed that some of the old Halloween episodes I did are right at the top of your feed right now. Um, that, that's not a glitch. I, <laughs> I republished them because I thought it's Halloween and shit. So I thought I'd make them easier for people to find rather than you having to scroll through hundreds of episodes if you wanted to listen to them again. Or if, you, if, if you're if you quite new to the show and you weren't here last October or the October for, before that and so on and so forth. So you can find them and you can listen to them. Um, so yeah, <laughs> uh, the Halloween specials from years gone by um, are there now if you want to listen to them. And we have another one coming up at the end of the month, which I'm really excited about. It's going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> so, um, hi. Today, today is not a Halloween episode, unfortunately, but, um, but we're still going to have tons of fun. <laughs> It began with caramel digestives. He had them in his kitchen and confessed that one of my stories had inspired the purchase. My heart melted just at the thought of finding someone who listens, who remembers the little things. And I watched him pour me another drink as I tried to look interesting and sophisticated. I thought I might tell him that I ate one just one every day during lockdown while my heart was being broken by the bastard before him but I didn't want to think about it and I wanted those biscuits to be our thing a sweet thing that he did in the middle of the week because he was in the shops and thinking of me I thought I might play him the song I wrote for him but it still felt too final like I was staking a claim I had no right to but that couldn't be right because he bought biscuits that reminded him of me and last time we were alone the time before this I asked him if I was his he breathlessly said yes and then held me close fast asleep as if he was afraid to lose me so surely it would do no harm to let him hear three and a half minutes of melodic I feel the same I broke a picture that he hangs on his bedroom wall. The commotion woke him up. I played dumb, although I still don't know what happened. So maybe I'm not to blame. But all the same, I pointed and said, I didn't do it, I was writing you a poem. And he didn't seem mad. So I'm starting to think he really does want me to stay. Quite the pair. Orphan Annie, all grown up and making mischievous mistakes. A rich daddy who says he's not rich, but he can buy biscuits whenever he wants, and that's a foreign concept to me. I don't care what he has. I just want to be his prized possession. 
He just stared into my eyes and asked a serious question about dunking biscuits into tea. This is not a sexual metaphor. So I think we're on our way. Last night, before the picture fell and the night fell instead, the early morning crawled closer. I lay in his arms, exhausted, finally finding the courage to tell him that I missed him. Instantly rewarded, he said he missed me too. I feel it in the warmth in his skin, how he reaches for my hand in his sleep. When I awoke this morning, he slept and slept. I lay awake, lace up and down my legs, pleasant but possessive bonds on my wrists that I slept in because it lets me feel divine and devoted when I awake, covered in reminders of him. I was hungry for his embrace and for caramel digestives. I remembered a dream which began in his head and then in his bed. Last night, he asked if I still looked at the app where we met and I said I'd deleted it. Even in a dream, I wasn't brave enough to say I'd done it weeks ago because I had a good feeling when it came to him. And now that I was his, everyone else's attention felt like an invasion. I wanna start by saying that I do not have a brand deal with uh, the people that make caramel digestives. I am not sponsored to talk about them. I just wanted to clarify that because it's gonna start looking like I am. I feature them a lot in the Halloween story and then now I'm writing a poem that talks about them a lot and everyone's gonna be like, you're supposed to declare ads, you horrid bitch. And I'm gonna be like, but I have nothing to declare. They didn't sponsor me. I have to buy them like everyone else. Although today I didn't because well, he gave them to me, um, but but he doesn't work for them either. So, you know, anyways. Um, <laughs> so, caramel digestives, where does it come from? Well, over lockdown, right, I, <laughs> I was, I was at home like everyone else. And I, I didn't, I would only go to like the big shop sort of once a week. And even then I would put it off and sometimes only go sort of once every two weeks or whatever, because... Honestly, I was a little bit scared um, and, and the queuing was stressful and it was oh, the chaos, the chaos. Um, and so I, I started going a lot more to this shop. It was like it was not next door to my house, but it was basically next door. It was like it was my house. There was another house. There was a nail bar and then there was the shop. Right. So it was literally like a 30 second walk from my house so I started going there all the time um the people that own the shop were lovely they're amazing um and so they, they'd see me come in every morning and I would I would um I'd get myself a drink um and I don't know why but every couple of days I go in and buy bread and milk because I I think this stems from from my family because no matter what's going on or what's happening, my grandma always has bread and milk in the house. And now I think it's just a thing that I do, even though I don't, you know, I don't really use either of them for anything. Uh, but there we are. Um, so I would get that. And then <laughs> every couple of days I would go and I would buy um, caramel digestives and they were my thing. And I would have one while I was working. 
um and you know I, I was I was writing a lot as you may have noticed um we had we had a lot of of things that came from lockdown o- over that period I started writing Ella at the end of the world obviously um I wrote confessions I wrote honeymooning I wrote honeybees lament I wrote um the Christmas song that's going to be coming out next month oh god time flies um <laughs> I wrote that I think I I wrote that in May I think um and it's it's been it's been in distribution since about mid-June um <laughs> which is which is crazy even for a Christmas song I mean Christmas songs tend to come out a bit like that they'll be prepared for distribution a bit early but never that early but um you know what I'm like and um you know so I was creating all these things and it helped kind of keep me uh you know from the brink so to speak it was I mean nobody had a good time during lockdown I don't think but it was it was very difficult for me as you may have heard um (laughs) there is of course the infamous crying episode let's not forget um but of course during all that obviously there's you know there's a pandemic going on there's a war going on with the virus and all that um and and that was stressful on its own but of course um as you will now know because i i i can actually talk about it i i was also essentially you know my my relationship was falling apart and i just felt very very sad all the time and you know there was certain things that got me through it there was writing um being able to share my work with people um diverse verse that started around that period and honestly that really helped me it it gave me something to focus on and I'm so grateful for that um but my little trips to the shop to get my caramel digestives that that was a a little bright spot you know in my week it was nice anyways so <laughs> so I ended up writing my newfound love for caramel digestives into Ella at the end of the world and and so that brings us to current day I swear there was a point to to that whole five minute ramble about biscuits and lockdown um so you know the Leo right so there I am at his at his house and he's getting me a drink and he says would you like a caramel digestive and i thought oh, what oh like i was shook shooketh shook the house down boots as the kids say in my imagination i could not believe it caramel digestives Number third in the voting, I could not believe it. I was shook. I was like, wait, what? Ah! And then, and then he, he starts talking about how, how he read about them in the story. Ella, she goes on and on about her fucking caramel digestive. She's obsessed with them. You know, she, she's, she's very hard done by because the world's ending and, and she's having to eat 
shit military rations and her husband's a maniac and there's zombies all over the place and the only solitude and happiness and 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 peace that she has is a couple of packets of caramel digestives that she managed to sneak into the bags when they left and 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 so he bought some he fucking bought some and i was like wow <laughs> okay <laughs> so firstly you 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 didn't you, you're actually reading things that i write you you're not like skimming them just to pick up sort of vaguely what happened so that you can pretend to be interested when we talk. No, 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 you're actually fucking reading them. Like, really reading them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it should be noted, actually. After I wrote this poem and I, 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 I put it up uh, this morning and he, he read that and I was, I was literally stood in front of him as he was doing it and I was like... No, it, this is the worst thing. I can't, you can't, you can't look at me while you're doing this. Stop. But I mean, he said he liked it, so I didn't care. But um, anyways, um, so yeah, he, he said about, <laughs> about how he'd been reading the story and, and then he went out and he bought the biscuits from the story. And I was like... Oh my god! And it just, I don't know, it just felt like super fucking significant to me. And I, God, I tweeted about it and everything. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe that that is the cutest thing. I can't. That is so, wow. Anyways, so then I, <laughs> I end up writing this whole thing the next day. I'm lying there. He's asleep, so I'm like trying to be quiet. I, you know, I didn't even plan to start writing. I just, I had this, this thought in my head. The biscuits mean something. I don't know. And then I, I, I'm, I've got like lines in my head coming up, and I'm like, I need to write these down before I forget. But my phone is on the windowsill, and I'm on the wrong side of the bed to get it. So so here's what I did I sort of I get up and I try and sort of get over him to get my phone and I'm thinking I don't want to wake him up I really don't want to wake him up I, I did I did wake him up but to be fair he went back to sleep like pretty much straight away so it was fine so then <laughs> oh god is it started out just as a thing about oh he he remembered about the biscuits from the story so he seems like a really nice guy but then it just kind of devolved into all these different things um so <laughs> as i'm writing it um i think i was in the the second stanza which i then ended up pausing to rush and write the stanza about the picture because i'm lying there and he has um like all these pictures on his wall, right? And that <laughs> on my side of the bed, right, there's one and it just suddenly falls down and I thought oh, I didn't even touch it. What the fuck just happened? And I was so stressed in that moment. I just I just don't know what I didn't do anything. I don't know what happened. And he was like, It's fine, it's fine, don't worry. And I'm like, but I am worried. Because I'm here and I'm causing chaos and it's, it's the morning and you're tired and what have I done? 
but it was fine. You know, he, he, he was like, it's fine. I'll fix it later. It's fine. Don't worry. It's fine. And he just went back to sleep again. <laughs> and then I remembered this dream that I'd had. I think it was a dream. But it's hard to tell, right? And this will make me sound nuts. And I was, I was like thinking out loud about this when we were having lunch earlier and I realised I was actually talking out loud and then I'd sort of stop myself and then he was asking me, "What? no, what were you saying? And I'm like, nothing, nothing, oh my God. Anyways, um, so... <laughs> so I... See, I feel like... I feel like I can, I can say this here because as far as I am aware, he is, he's on a bit of a delay in terms of listening to the show because I'm aware that he does kind of keep up with my work, but obviously he is a proper adult, so he does not have time to sit around all day listening to my ramblings and everything and, um... Although he does appear to be able to check my website on a pretty regular basis. But I suppose that's less time consuming than listening to an entire podcast. But anyways, but the reason I know this is because <laughs> we were in the car and, and I, I, I mentioned about um about Woolwich and how I almost got kidnapped there. And I talked about that a couple of episodes ago and he didn't appear to know what I was saying. So I, I, I once again told him the amazing story of the time I, I got sort of kidnapped, but not really. And <laughs> so I think he is a couple of episodes behind. So by the time he hears this, then it'll be fine, hopefully. Anyways, um, so yeah, I, I had this, I think I had this dream. But it could have been a conversation that we had when I was very, very tired. And so I think it was a dream, but it's hard to tell because like we were just sort of lying there talking in the dream. Right. So it could have been something that happened in real life. And I'm just, I was so tired at the time that I thought it was a dream and it wasn't because I've had that happen before where like I've been really tired and something's happened and I thought it was a dream, but it was actually real or it could just be a dream that happened to be in a place that I then woke up in. Anyways, so in this dream, he was like, you know, do you still like talk to people? You know, you still, you know, you still like, you know, using the apps. Because we met on an, on an app, which honestly I didn't think was possible to, to meet, you know, one of the, one of the dating apps. I didn't, I didn't think you could meet anyone good on there <laughs> as you may have heard in here comes a covert advertisement my new single swipe forever which is available now on itunes and spotify and all the music places and also has a music video which is on my website um anyways um <laughs> i said it was an ad so you can't yell at me like with the caramel digesters but anyways um so you know anyway in this dream or what we think was a dream. He says, you know, do you still talk to people? Do you still, you know, do you still use use that app or anything? And I was like, no, I, I deleted them. I, I don't need them anymore. 
And, and that's all I remember of, of that exchange, which is, again, strong evidence for it being a dream because my dreams tend to cut off randomly, you know? <laughs> so, and I don't imagine a conversation would, like a real life one, unless I fell asleep, like right at that moment. I don't know. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but the funny thing about that dream was was that, you know, I I actually did, you know, I, I have, you know, I have to leave them because I, I just, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to look at talking to other people. They're just, I just, I don't get anything. I'm just like, get away from me. I don't want you. I want him. So that's, that's going on. But, um. <laughs> Do you know there was, <laughs> there was oh there was so much more chaos that that came after I wrote that that I could have written in because because I I feel like one of the main themes of that poem is I'm a chaotic mad woman but he seems to like me so it's fine um <laughs> um but yeah I was just it was very it was very early in the morning. And I felt very happy and um, and it was good. And I just kind of wanted to take all the thoughts I had and the dream that I had and all the events and just chronicle them into something to remember, you know. I like to do that. I like to take moments that that I want to remember and then I like to write about them because then I remember them in a more vivid way and it's stronger and it feels more special. I mean, that's the nice thing about what I do. I I have I have all these memories these special moments and they're they're things that to most people wouldn't really be like all that significant or special but they meant something to me at the time and because I write things and create things out of them I can still feel exactly the way I did then when I read them back and I like that I have a notebook where I wrote my will last summer so that people would know where what little I possessed was meant to go and so that my mother would know that under no circumstances was she permitted to use a photo outside of my own careful selections on the news or in funeral programs. I made a list of all the things I wanted White roses, soft grass, a rainy day just in case everyone forgot with all the grief and the shock, how to cry. Have you ever been loved? Loved by someone's whole heart? I was laying in my sheets, scribbling and hoping that the rain wouldn't be necessary, but planning for it all the same. There are so many ways to love, but so many ways as well to be loved and 
how many have I ticked off the list? I asked myself that for an entire hour before deciding that it didn't matter because social obligation would force everyone to pretend if they wanted cake and a gift bag at the end. Yes, I am having cake and gift bags when I leave. Muse to many, nuptial to nobody. There are some that love to be loved by me, some that love to fuck me, and some that love to like me a little. Maybe an afterthought, maybe someone's only thought. That last one seems a bit delusional, if I'm honest. I know that approximately four people have loved me, but I mean, that was by blood obligation and not the kind that people search their whole lives for not that i'm ungrateful i think i stopped searching a long time ago though i lie on dating profiles and say that it's all i want but if i were to tell the truth i'd say that i just wanted someone to show up and cry when i leave cry like they really meant it cry like they could never go back to the place where they took me on our first date because my shadow says that it'll just make them cry cry like they had just spent an hour reading over old texts trying their hardest to hear my voice inside their head cry like a part of them was locked in a box being lost under mounds of dirt and freshly cut white roses cry like they had just lost the love of their life even if they were just pretending for cake and a gift bag. I have been planning the events after my death for an alarming amount of time. Um, (laughs) uh, Because, you know, I know what I want. And I I don't... Because, like... You know that thing in tv shows and shit where they're like planning a funeral and they're like oh no no she'd hate that oh she'd love that you know if i give them clear instructions then they're gonna know right and so we can just get it done and it's how i want it and i can be remembered how i want like the white roses that is a requirement i don't care what they have to do to get it that's getting done or some people are getting haunted and it's not going to be fun for them There is a picture of me that is my mum's favourite. And she is entitled to her own opinion, but I hate that picture. And if she uses it on, like... You know how at at funerals you have, like, the little book thing? And it's got, like, a picture of them and, like, the songs you're going to sing at the funeral and shit and all that. If that picture is on there... Well, there will be trouble. Let me just say that. I have... Um, I have a file on my computer. It's got, it's got the pictures that I want used in the event. Like, if I get like murdered or, you know, if the media reports on my dad, you know, then there's pictures I want her to use for the funeral program. There's pictures I want her to use. If if they ever make like a statue of me. <laughs> then I like I you know I've got pictures I want them to use to just you know to display my likeness and so on um I have the songs picked out I have you know readings and who's gonna do them because I'm (laughs) 
I, this ain't gonna be a clown show. I'm not gonna. I'm. Mm, I'm not having it. Um, I'm being buried, not cremated. Nah. -uh. I saw Scrooge. We've all seen it. I've got that trauma. Um. And I, I I've made plans, you know, because I'm particular about that shit. So when it happens, if it happens, I mean, I'm still holding out hope for like some kind of immortality thing to be invented before the time comes. Um, but if it doesn't and it does come to that, then I'm ready. I'm prepared. Um <laughs> I should probably start putting money aside for it because apparently funerals and shit are expensive and they don't just give you nice stuff because you want it, which I think is fucked up, but there we are. <laughs> um, but, I <laughs> but I have my parameters laid out, you know, I'm like, this is what I want. And then you play this song at this time. And these are the only foods you can have at like the party after and all that. And it has to be a cake and it has to be cute. Um, I want, cause some of the money that I have when I die, cause I mean, honestly, I'm assuming that I'll be rich by the time I die. That's the hope. That's the dream. I want some of the money to be set up, um, for like a scholarship at my university for like kids from like low income households who want to do creative writing, but the you know, they're worried about money and that. And so they're thinking, oh no, I can't do that. University is not for me. So I want them to be able to go and, and, and study because I think to be honest, my, my year group was probably the last to benefit from tuition fees being quite high, but not being depressingly high. And, and also there are a lot of, um, you know, grants and things that my year group were entitled to that were taken away from other year groups after that. And so I, I do want to help people, uh, that were in my position but don't have as much help that's something i want that's in the list um i <laughs> uh i i'm thinking of drafting my own obituaries and just sending them round to places and being like listen if i am if i am well known enough to get an obituary in your publication this is what i'd like thank you um cuz i don't want no clownery where they talk about dumb shit that i don't care about or things that i would prefer people not remember you know i got to micromanage this i got to be like christiana getting in there and getting my angle you know cuz <laughs> cuz people can be devious after you die you know and they can they can really fuck you over and, and, and talk about shit that you don't want discussed. And I'm not having it. I'm not allowing that. Mm -mm, that is not happening to me. So <laughs> to be um, prepared as to, no, to be forewarned is to be for ready for a funeral. I don't, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> Make it make sense, girl. Make it make sense. It's too late. It doesn't make sense, but it's fine. Um, but then when I was writing that poem, because I was just... 
I was thinking, I was, I was reading some of the, the emails I get from people. And, and thinking about things that people have said, nice things, you know, um, and I was thinking, when it's over, what will people remember of me? What will I be? Um, and at first, when I started writing this, it was very, I want to be remembered as someone very special and amazing and all this shit and, and I, I, you know, and, and my work and, and, and things. And then, and then I thought what I want most in the world is to mean something to someone and for someone to be there and miss me and think I wish she wasn't dead but then I thought but do I have a right to make someone feel that way you know and it's not so much I want them to suffer <laughs> it's more that I want that kind of connection with someone I want I, I want to have been to have been loved truly at some point and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself I'm I'm not nearly as old as I think I am but But I think that's probably, it's not on the list of my, you know, post-life demands. But, it, it, I mean, it probably should be. I, I think we're going to see how the rest of my life plays out. And then if I'm nearing death and I need to add it, I'll just be like, okay, hire actor to pretend that I was the love of their life and cry lots. Um, thank you. For the sake of, of my ego, I may be dead but I'll still be watching and I'll know if you don't do it. And if you don't do it, then I'm going to be really pissed. However, if, if I find someone to do that without me having to like pay them to pretend, then it's all good. It's, it's fabulous. Um, but I'm, I'm hopefully a long way from dying yet. So that's good news. But, um, <laughs> Oh God. I, I don't know how, though, because, no, honestly, I'm really, I'm actually quite surprised because I, I do the stupidest, most reckless things all the time and I'm always surprised I've never been murdered. I do feel like it is going to happen to me and I, I feel like I say this all the time and I'm going on about it, but I do feel like it's going to happen to me. I really, really do. And so I think maybe that's why I'm so obsessed with, managing my image after death because <laughs> because <laughs> I think it's coming sooner than I anticipate and I'm like well 
if I'm ready and I've I've got I've got it all in in order, then you know, scam today before today scams you. You know what I mean? What the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? Okay, uh, so, Rishi, let's talk about Rishi, the centrist fave, they were all like, oh, he's such a good guy, oh, the fellow scheme is amazing, oh, eat out to help out, it's great, oh my god, well, <laughs> I can't stand him, uh, so, he's had a week, um, so, <sighs> Firstly, there was a kerfuffle. He was asked about help for sectors that are not really benefiting from his support schemes. Um, particularly about the lack of support for people in the arts. And he was like, oh, well, you know, viable jobs, viable jobs, retrain and all this. And fuck off, mate. I... D- Because, I mean, it's all well and good to tell people that work in the arts, retrain, go do a more viable job. But that 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 job would be viable in a couple of months if you help them out now. You know, I mean, he was willing to do Eat Out to Help Out to help out the food sector most of the benefit for that, by the way, went to fucking chain restaurants. Not a lot went to small businesses, but that's a, you know, that's, I, I feel that was by design. I'm not going to lie. Um, so wh- why isn't he doing the same, <laughs> you know, for the arts? Wh- wh- where's the, where's the program for that? Huh? And, and, you know, a lot of people, they're saying, oh, well, you know, if you don't help the arts, it will die and there'll be no music and no radio and no TV and all that. But I don't think that's true. What I think will happen is that art will only be made by rich people. People who can afford to just put shit out without getting paid. People who can afford to just create things without getting paid. Uh, people who don't need money to survive because they're already rich. And we already had huge time periods where only rich people were able to create stuff. And it was fucking shit. It was awful. It was dreadful. Okay? I don't want to go back there. I don't. Um, So, you know, astounding lack of empathy from Rishi there. But are we surprised 
no um he also he oh god he's unveiled he you know kind of like a continuation of the job support scheme but not really uh it's now two-thirds of your wages rather than 80 percent um and it's it's only for for businesses that are forced to close so you know if a business is still able to operate under the regulations but isn't making enough money to pay their staff they're fucked because they can't access this scheme it just the thing is right businesses employees people are telling him what they need and he just wheels out one thing after another that is not that at all and then act surprised when people aren't into it and i'm like why are you like this you stupid dreadful man speaking of stupid and dreadful people um okay jesus um so uh, uh this makes me feel so violently uncomfortable um so pretty patel has been going on and on and on about activist lawyers for the last last few months every five minutes activist lawyers are stopping the home office from deporting people horrible activist lawyers are saving refugees activist lawyers this activist lawyers that and people were saying to her you're gonna get people hurt by by doing this you know that right and she just carried on doing it it has now come out that somebody actually was attacked as a result of this, this whole activist lawyer's rhetoric, um, a, a knife man threatened to kill an immigration solicitor last month, so like September. Um, so this man comes into this law firm with a, a huge knife, injured somebody, they they managed to um subdue this guy uh they found far right literature and a confederate flag in the bag he had with him um and pretty patel was contacted um by by the law society uh they wrote to Priti Patel and they made her aware of this attack that had happened. They made her aware of the fact that this constant activist lawyer's shit that she keeps talking about is leading to attacks on lawyers. And she's carried on. She kept going. I mean, the media now are aware of the fact that the Law Society contacted the Home Office and they spoke to Pretty Patel and they said, you know, can you not do this? People are actually getting hurt because of this. And she carried on. And I'm just like, what is wrong with this woman? Like, she is being shown proof 
that her words and the way that she is discussing this and framing this is getting people hurt. And she doesn't care. She does not care. She is carrying on. And I'm like, (laughs) what's wrong with you? What has to go wrong in your head for you to say, I am going to keep saying these things and stoking up this hatred even though I know that people are going to get hurt. What the actual fuck is wrong with this woman? I I don't even... I mean... Oh, speaking of people that have something wrong with them... Lawrence Fox... Um, he is currently being sued, by the way. Uh, Crystal um, is suing him. A lot of the people that he referred to as pedophiles on the Twitter are suing him. And I I am excited to see the outcome of that. Um, his party, Reclaim, is facing potential legal action uh, from a charity in Manchester that works with young people from low-income backgrounds um, who have presented him with a legal cease and desist letter um, asking him to stop using the, the name Reclaim because that is the name of their charity. And they do not want their charity's name to be used as his political party, which I feel is fair. Um... So yeah, good for them. I hope they win too. I hope they take everything he's got. I hate that man. <laughs> um, what else has been going on? Oh God. No, I can't. I can't. I just, everything just makes me so furious and oh wait no this didn't (laughs) oh so um the latest scottish independence voting intention is now 53 percent yes and 47 percent no that's kind of interesting we love to see it a little bit uh the latest scottish parliament voting intention is um it has the smp at 50 percent um, and then the Conservatives are in second place, trailing at 20 fucking three. <laughs> we love to see it. What do we love to see? It, bitch. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I'm into it, you know. Um, it's, I, I love to see it. Um, I wish them the best. I hope they take me with them because I want to be here. You know, the chaos, the Brexit of it all, <laughs> the Boris of it all. I am ready to go. <laughs> um. Oh, fuck. I forgot all about this. Okay, so Sean Bailey <laughs> is the Conservative candidate for London Mayor. And a mess. Um, honestly, this man is a mess. I, 
I just, I find it interesting. He is the best the Conservative Party can come up with to go up against Sadiq Khan. This man is an absolute catastrophe, but apparently he's the best they've got. Uh, fine. Um, he tweeted, London is an ecosystem. It's what makes this city great. We depend on each other. We help each other. Right now, London needs you. It needs you to get back to work if you can do so safely. Sadiq Khan doesn't get it. I do. We need to get London moving. <sighs> I mean, that's not the government advice though, is it, Sean? The government advice that your fucking party put out, that's not what it is, is it? They're telling people to work from home if they can. They're not telling them to go back to work anymore. You're a bit behind the times, aren't you, love? But surely he should know this, right? I mean, this is what I'm saying. Is this the best the Tories have? Really? Him? I bet they're regretting chucking out Rory Stewart now. I mean, Rory Stewart's a weirdo in that. But at least he's vaguely competent and kind of knows what the rules are and shit. I mean... <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know what? <sighs> I hope people don't listen to him because he's giving them bad advice there, but I'm happy that he's clowning around and making a fool of himself because it means another term for Big Sadiq and I am into that because I am an unrepentant Sadiq Khan stan. Even though he cancelled the New Year fireworks and I was actually considering going this year, but I forgive him because I know he was doing it for, like, what's good for me and I still love you, King, so it's okay. Um... <laughs> uh so what else has been going on oh god uh we're back to the home office <laughs> i feel like i say that every time i talk about the home office oh god what have they done now um so they tweeted yesterday we returned 14 dangerous foreign national offenders who broke our rules and abused our values to lithuania our efforts to return those who arrived via illegally facilitated routes were frustrated by legal claims Again, you know, that's them inciting hatred against lawyers for some reason. Um, our asylum system is broken, but we're making it fairer. As many people have pointed out, foreign national offenders have fuck all to do with the asylum system. So they're conflating these issues and hoping that the public don't understand, which is quite insulting when you think about it, to to basically make people angry and I, what what these people man i just i really hope it doesn't happen but these statements and these words from the Home Office, I think, are going to get someone seriously hurt again. Because uh, obviously we know that's happened before. Potentially it could get someone killed. And I don't even think at that point that Pretty Patel would learn from this and realise that what she's doing is wrong. But, you know. Um, oh, um... Darren Grimes is apparently being investigated by the police. Um, Darren Grimes, if you didn't remember, 
is oh god just a catastrophe of a person um he oh he's decided he's a journalist now because sarah vine said he was um that's cute but he was initially um some brexit dude and now he has like a podcast or a channel or some shit and he had on this white supremacist guy <laughs> and it was a bit of a kerfuffle and everyone was like what the fuck why do you have this guy? And he was like, oh, I'm very new to this. I didn't know how to interview people. I don't know. Um, and now the police have got involved for some reason. And so now, like, all of the right are sort of losing their shit and and being like, oh, poor Darren, it's so unfair. He's so oppressed. Oh, my God. I mean... I don't really particularly care about the situation, I'm not going to lie. Um, I feel like he was stupid for publishing the controversial remarks. It probably doesn't require a police investigation or whatever. Um, but, I mean, nothing's probably going to come of it so i'm not really it is what it is you know and everyone's talking about it like it's a really important case but it's going to be dropped like that's pretty evident you know <laughs> it's very unlikely he's actually going to face any serious repercussions there is a point to argue that perhaps the case shouldn't be happening at all but you know i mean Maybe this will be a lesson to him. If you want to go out there and be like, oh, I'm a publisher now. Oh, I've got a platform. Sometimes there are consequences that come from that. You know, perhaps this one may be an overreach, but, you know, you can't just go out there throwing whatever you want onto a platform and expecting nothing to happen. <laughs> um, like I said, I, I don't feel that he should be investigated by the police personally but I also don't think he should have published that shit I you know I don't think he should be making great ventures into journalism if he doesn't know how to do it <laughs> but anyways um oh the 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 app the COVID-19 app my God, I had a scare earlier in the week. Okay, so there is a contact tracing app for England and Wales. It says it's from the NHS, but that's a bit debatable. Um, but nevertheless, uh, you're supposed to use it. You check in wherever you go and you leave it running and it will tell you if you've been in contact with someone that has coronavirus and, you know if you need to self-isolate or do a test or something like that so uh i'm not going to sit here and pretend i know the science behind this but all i do know is that i haven't been in contact with someone that has coronavirus i'm very grateful to know that 
Um, basically, the app is sending out notifications telling people that they've been near somebody that has COVID-19. So then you think that you've been near someone with COVID-19 and you freak out a little bit and then you press the notification to find out what to do and nothing happens. Nothing happens on the app. Um, they're essentially false alarms. Um, it, I, Jesus, it, it scared me. I was sat there and it just suddenly came up on my phone and I freaked out and I almost like started crying because I was like... I don't want to get the virus and also I don't want to have to self-isolate and what's going on what's gonna happen but then nothing came up on the app and I'm thinking what the fuck so I I, <laughs> I did the sensible thing and I looked it up and it turns out this is happening to everyone like all over the UK this is happening you know uh, people are reporting the the same problem um so god um basically apparently what it means according to the NHS COVID-19 app Twitter account this is what they've said in response to many 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 people asking Unless your NHS COVID-19 app, they've hashtagged that, by the way, is asking you to self-isolate, you don't need to take action. You may be referring to automated messages sent out by Google and Apple. The app uses an algorithm to filter out false alarms based on distance and time. Learn more. And then they put a little link. Mm. I... Well, that that's cute and that's nice, but it still freaked me the fuck out and I did not have a good time. Um, but <laughs> so basically, yeah, the app is glitching and, and telling people because when the app comes up, it's labeled as coming from the NHS app. It's not labelled as this is an Apple notification. It, it, it Like when I got it, it, was, it came up and it said NHS COVID-19 and I'm like, Oh shit. So it was oof. It was very, very scary. But it turned out I was fine. Um and now for something a bit lighter. Nicola Sturgeon, my queen, my icon, has solved the eternal debate. She has said that a Jaffa cake is definitely a biscuit. And it trended on Twitter. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> But she's right. They're always in the biscuit aisle. They're not in the cake aisle. They're with the biscuits. So Jaffa cakes are biscuits, right? Anyways, she was. <laughs> it was during a, a press briefing because she's still doing daily briefings because you know she's a responsible leader, um, and she was talking about you know the differences between like different kinds of of establishments because in Scotland they have uh some harder restrictions than we have in England at the moment um because you know they have a leader that actually wants to help people and get shit done rather than you know a leader who just sort of faffs about and is like I thought being prime minister would be more fun this is so unfair anyways um so she was asked a question about you know for example the differences um 
how something is classified as a, as a cafe because there are some places that are like well we feel like we're a cafe but we don't know if we are um and, and so she she compared it to the eternal question of whether a jaff cake is a cake or a biscuit it's a biscuit um but you know what it was good to get some clarity on that so thank you queen now we know a jaff cake is a biscuit and it's good it's good to have some clarity on that um thank you queen we are grateful for that um oh theresa may oh remember her um so theresa may has decided she wants to be rebellious as fuck she has been rebelling in debates about all kinds of things um housing uh she rebelled in the internal market bill debate but here's the thing and here's the issue I have with this she didn't say she didn't say it when it counted and what I mean by that is when she voted she didn't vote against any of these things that she's apparently very upset about um but she'll she'll stand there and she'll make a a speech and get all mad about it and and be like no i'm very upset i'm very against this i'm taking a stand but then she doesn't use her vote she doesn't actually do anything with the criticisms of the government that she has so who cares theresa may I, I, I'm sorry, it just seems like attention seeking at this point, because if she has the opportunity to actually do something with these principles she's found down the back of her sofa, apparently, why isn't she? I mean, we know why, because, you know, having her party whip probably means more to her than these principles, but... I just, I'm sick of hearing it, you know. Oh, I'm Theresa May and I've got something to say, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Fuck off, Theresa. Go away. Fucking, honestly, that woman. Um. Oh, Liz Truss had a, a moment. <laughs> uh, she was talking about the Brexit trade deal with the US and uh, momentary slip, she said she would make sure that our farmers are undermined in any Brexit trade deal. <laughs> I mean, I know that obviously she meant to say are not undermined or something like that, but it was just fucking funny. Um, <laughs> Liz Truss is essentially one catastrophe after another. And I just... <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um it's just funny to me. As you may have heard, Alphabet Radio will be taking a little break until next year and we'll be back in 2021, including some brand new episodes of Diverse First, and I'm really excited to create new shows and share them with you. And I am also really excited to find new writers and share their work with you too. So that includes you. If you're listening to this and you're a writer, even if you don't feel like you are, because I know sometimes it's like, am I? Listen, if you write things, you're a writer, like that's it. (laughs) 
So I want to hear from you. You can find the link in the description to get involved with Diverse First. Um, I am looking to feature people from everywhere. And if you have a voice, then people need to hear it. So get involved, right? It's going to be so much fun. I remember you as heaven, horseback haughty, as I watched you glide past. You are now the past, a vision that I invited in when I hear happy hour by the house martins, and I recall dark tresses, long dress with a slit at the leg, the way you rode past, never knowing that you had awakened me. Seven, I was unaware too, but I looked at you and something told me to keep staring. I didn't know if I wanted you or if I wanted to be you, but now I know. That was this woman when I was a kid at this thing. I had to Google it. I believe it's called a renaissance fair right it's basically this place where people like go and they pretend it's like the olden times and stuff I don't remember why I was there but I was <laughs> and um happy hour by the house martins was playing I remember that very specifically because every time I hear that song I, I see this woman in my head and I'm like oh hi hey Hello, you know, um, she is the first person that is a woman that I remember being attracted to. I'm pretty sure I was about seven, maybe. And I remember looking at her and thinking, oh, my God. She's so beautiful. When I grow up, I want to marry her. And then I was like, whoa. OK. Let's push that down and never think about it again. Um, <laughs> but evidently I I did many times. Um, but I was just thinking about her the other day because that song came on shuffle and then I thought about her and I was like, oh, I remember you. Oh, I remember you. And she, oh, she, was, so, she was so beautiful. You know what I mean? I just... I mean, she was on a horse. I'm kind of scared of horses. And a while back, I had a rivalry with horses. But that was... Mm. The long and short of it was, I was in a rivalry with somebody who, under the Chinese zodiac, would be a horse. And so I decided that all horses were my enemies. But I feel like we're we're at peace with each other now. We are no longer at war. Um, but anyways, at the time, I just kind of thought horses were a bit scary because they were really big. And <laughs> so she's on this horse and she's riding around doing stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. And every time she went past me, I was just like, I love you. Hi. And it was, oh. it was a weird thing. You know, 
because I think it was it was quite simplistic and and innocent in the fact that I was just like I want to marry her like people get married on tv and you know I didn't I, I don't think I really understood everything about what it meant um but I knew that I liked her and I wanted to get married to her like people get married on tv um <laughs> uh you know and, and like I felt about a, a number of male celebrities at the time but with her this time and so that was that that's that's the first time I ever remember that happening with a with a girl or a woman and the next time after that was was a, a girl in one of my classes at school um do you know the funny thing She's a lesbian now. I'm pretty sure she was like hitting on me, but like in a way that nine year olds do. <laughs> and so we used to play this game when I would go to her house. Not that kind of game. It wasn't like that. We didn't like do stuff. We were nine for Christ's sake. But we would pretend to be husband and wife and she she would always be the husband uh by the way so i i've pretty much you know <laughs> i've i've always been you know the the little submissive wife my whole life even as a child so she would be the husband and i'd be the wife and we would just pretend to be married in that and and I just it's funny looking back on it because you know as I said now she's a lesbian and I'm uh, I'm a, a toiling bisexual and I just I find it so funny because I, I look back on my life sometimes and I'm like yeah that shit was gay as fuck oh that thing you just did that yeah that was gay uh-huh yeah yeah you and that girl you weren't super best friends you were like <laughs> Yeah, you you were like sapphics in turmoil there. Sorry, <laughs> sorry to break it to you, but it's just interesting how how you know how it how it, there were so many signs, and yet still for most of my life I was just like, no, no, I'm I'm straight. Thank you. Yep, yep, men only. Mhm, mhm. Um, <laughs> and it's just not realistic. It's just not realistic. Like, looking back, I'm just like, nah, come on. <laughs> Let's be real about this. Um, but I was I was just thinking about it the other day. That song came on and I just thought about her and I thought, oh, my God, I wonder what she's doing now. I wonder what, I wonder what she does with her life. You know. I wonder if she's still on the horse. I don't know. It's... <laughs> The horse doesn't really matter. I don't think the horse was part of it. I think it was... She had really, really beautiful hair. It was so long. And her dress, she looked so beautiful in it. I just thought, oh my God. Let's go get married, you and me. How about that? Thank you for listening to Sincerely Jennifer with me, Jennifer Wan. If you want to find more of my work, you can on my website, jenniferwan.com. 
or you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Reddit, SoundCloud, and pretty much every social media website ever, with the username Miss J Squared. Thank you to my amazing top tier Patreon supporters, Amanda, Kylie, Melissa, Anna, Sam, Casey, Christina, Josie, Gabriella, David, Eleanor, Alicia, Emily, Andy, and Tyler. I'll see you next time.